0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with meddling to your own hurt, as we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 14. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: Now, the result of the meddling... King came and tore down the wall The defenses were destroyed The result of our meddling of course is is Once you do it your defenses are are destroyed It's so much easier to do it the second time And even easier the third And the fourth, the fifth Until it's just a, a course and a matter of life First time it was so hard You resisted a lot But you meddled You got burned Not only that The treasures were taken away, and you lose something valuable whenever you meddle to your own hurt, even as the treasures of purity, innocence, health, clear mind are so often lost because people have meddled to their own hurt. The death of Amaziah is recorded in verse 17. We'll read about him again when we get to the chronicles of the kings of Israel. And Azariah became the king in his place. He was only 16 years old when he took over from his father. Actually, Amaziah was assassinated, even as was his own father. And his son, 16 years old, was, became king. And uh, he didn't do much but build Elath, and he... Uh, died. Now, in the 15th year of Amaziah, so we've already had his son succeed him, but now we go back and pick up one more part of the story. Jeroboam, the son of Joash, began to reign in Samaria. Now, this is the time when Amos and Hosea were both prophesying. So if you... If you and you should, as you develop in your biblical uh, studies you should start to fit the prophets back into here now because you'll understand their prophecy is so much better when you realize the period of history. This is now getting to the end of the northern kingdom of Israel. We're coming down into the last century for that kingdom in the spiritual decline, and God is now beginning to raise up more prophets. And if you'll read the prophecies of Amos and Hosea, you'll understand them much better when you can in your mind fit them into this period of spiritual declension in the northern kingdom of Israel. And also a mention of Jonah the prophet uh, here in verse 25. So these three uh, men were sent of God uh, to the northern kingdom at this particular time to prophesy unto them. Now this Jeroboam is Jeroboam II, Jeroboam was the very first king over Israel, and now another king named after him. And he reigned for 41 years, but he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord saw the afflictions of Israel. It was very bitter. No one to help them. They were isolated. And the Lord said that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. The rest of Acts of Jeroboam are in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel, which we do not have. Now, the reign of Azariah, who is also known as Uzziah. Now, when you think of Uzziah, and we're back now, Azariah was the son of Amaziah, and he didn't do much. But his son, Azariah, began to reign. The other name was Uzziah and we think now of the prophet Isaiah. And so the prophecies of Isaiah, Isaiah was the prophet who actually began his real career and the prophecies at the death of Uzziah. Uzziah reigned for about 52 years. And you remember there in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting upon the throne, his trained to fill the temple. So... Uh, We're beginning, when we get to Uzziah, to come into the time, at the end of Uzziah's career, we're coming into the time of Isaiah. He was 16 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 52 years, one of the longest reigns. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all of his father that Amaziah had done, except that he left the high places where the people were sacrificing. And the Lord smote the king with leprosy. We will get the full story of this when we get to Chronicles. Until the day of his death, and so his son was sort of a go-between. Jotham, his son, uh, was over the house and judging the people, but Uzziah was a king, though leprous. Very popular king, a very good king. Uh, In fact, during his reign... As we get into the Chronicles, it'll tell us that the name Uzziah was on the lips of all the people. He was a powerful, strong leader, good king, and the people really came to trust in him and all because he had brought the kingdom into a place of prosperity. Now the rest of the Acts of Azariah we're going to get when we get to Second Chronicles. So Azariah slept with his fathers. They buried him in the city of David, and Jotham, his son, began to reign in his stead. And in the 38th year of Azariah, the king of Judah, Zechariah, who was the son of Jeroboam, began to reign over Israel, and he reigned for six months. Very short reign. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, and Shalom conspired against him and killed him and reigned in his stead. Now he was the fourth generation from Jehu, so the Lord promised four generations to Jehu, and with the death of Jeroboam, that ends the line or the dynasty of Jehu. And thus, the word of the Lord was fulfilled when he promised Jehu four generations. Shalom conspired and killed him in order that he might have the throne, and he reigned for a full month in Samaria. Isn't that the way it goes? You know, you spend your whole life to fulfill an ambition. I'm finally there. All right, I've got it made. And then you get wiped out So many people, you know, they finally Oh, I finally retired And in a month they're gone I was, I was talking with an old railroad man Down in Moundsville, Virginia Or West Virginia And he worked for the BLN Old Railroad He said, I've been working for them for 57 years I said, well, when are you going to retire? And he got angry at me I said, well, I didn't mean to offend you but What's wrong? Said, when you retire from the railroad, you die. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me all of his friends that had retired and died within the year. So he said, you got to just keep going. So he was still going on a railroad, and uh, but uh, here is one of those things of life. You know, it, it is interesting how so often when a person just gets to the place of the achieving of all of his dreams and goals. That it sort of Remember in the New Testament, Jesus told about this guy, successful farmer and all, and he said, well, what am I going to do? My barns are full. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll tear my, down my barns and build bigger and all. And the Lord said, thou fool, tonight, your soul's going to be required of you. Life hangs on such a tenuous string. We need to be not laying up store for this life, but laying up store for the life to come, which will never end. We put much too much into this life an emphasis into this life and much too little emphasis and input into the other life, the eternal life that we have. And so he reigned for a month in Samaria and he was assassinated and the rest of his acts of conspiracy are written in the books of the Chronicles of Kings of Israel. And Menahem... Smote, he became the king, and he smote the cities of Tifsa and all of the area around it, Terza. And he smote it, and he ripped up all of the pregnant women. In the 39th year of Azariah, the king of Judah began Nehem, the son of Gadi, to reign over Israel. He reigned for 10 years. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And during his reign, Paul, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and he bought him off with a thousand talents of silver, which he exacted from all of the wealthy people in the land. And his death is recorded in verse 21, and his acts, the rest of them, are in the chronicles of the kings of Israel. And in the 50th year of Azariah, the king of Judah, Pekahiah, The son of Menahem began to reign over Israel, and he reigned for only two years and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Pekah, who was the son of the captain, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria. So Pekahiah was killed by Pekah. And uh, that's why getting into these kings can sometimes get confusing because uh, of the various names, and sometimes they have two names. Pekah reigned over Israel beginning in the 52nd year or the last year of King Uzziah. And he reigned for 20 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. And during his reign, Tiglath-Pileser, the king of Assyria, took Ijon and abel and Janua and Kedish and Hazar and Gilead and all of the Galilee and the area of the tribe of Naphtali, so all of the area around the Sea of Galilee and Upper Galilee, and he carried captives to Syria. So the, southern, or the northern kingdom is falling now uh, more and more to Assyria. Hoshea the son of Elam made a conspiracy against Pekah, smote him and killed him, and he reigned in his stead. And in the 20th year of Jotham, who was the son of Uzziah, he began to reign. And now we go back to Judah, the son of Uzziah, Jotham. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Ramaleah, the king of Israel, Jotham began to reign in Judah. He he was 25 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 16 years. His mother's name was Jerusha, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done, except he did not remove the high places." And his acts are told in 2 Chronicles, and we'll learn more about him later. Now, in the 17th year of Pekah, Ramaliah, or the son of Remaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz, the son of Jotham. So you have now Ahaz reigning. You used to have an Ahaz in the north tribe. Now you have one in the southern tribe. He was 20 years old. He began to reign. He reigned for 16 years in Jerusalem. But he was one of the rare bad kings in Judah. He did not walk after the Lord like David his father, but walked after the ways of the kings of Israel. In fact, he caused his own children to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathen that the Lord had cast out of the land before the children of Israel had come in. He sacrificed and burned incense in the high places and the hills under every green tree. And Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, both attacked him. And so he sent to the king of Assyria and sent him money unto Tiglath-Pleaser and asked for his help. And Tiglath-Pleaser came down to Syria. He took Damascus and... uh, Ahaz, of course, sort of bought him off. And uh, the, king of Assyria, the king of Assyria began to strike against Syria and against Israel. Of course, they called off their attack then on Ahaz. And King Ahaz commanded Eurijah the priest, saying, Upon the great altar, he, he, when he was up there in Damascus, the king of Assyria... After taking Damascus, he invited him to come up and see Damascus. And when he got up there, he saw an altar that attracted him. And so he he drew it out, got the dimensions, and then he went home and he said to the priest, now I want you to build an altar like this. And so they built another altar. They took away the altar out of the temple and replaced it with this altar that was fashioned like unto the pagan altar that he had seen in Damascus also this great brass laver that was set upon these 12 brass oxen uh, out in front of the temple, he took it off and set it on the ground and just sort of uh, desecrated the temple of God and, and sort of fashioned it after some of the pagan temples that he had seen there in Damascus. And his death is recorded in the last couple of verses here. Now, as we get into chapter 17, we'll find the reasons why Israel fell. God lists to us the reasons why Israel went into captivity. And all the reasons are listed. uh, Their failure to follow God and worship God. Now, with knowledge comes responsibility. And the Bible says that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And as we get into the reasons for the fall of Israel to their enemies, and as we sort of try to learn from history, The lessons that we are going to learn will be bitter lessons indeed as we look at the United States today and we see how godless a nation we are becoming. Now, there are people who have a hard time understanding the ways of God. Habakkuk the prophet said to the Lord one day, God, please don't show me anything else because The nation is going downhill so fast. It's so corrupt. The leaders are so corrupt. And God, you're not doing anything about it. And God said to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I am doing something about it, but if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe me. Habakkuk said, well, try me, Lord. And so the Lord said, all right. I'm going to bring Babylon against Judah. Judah and they're going to take Judah captive. Why, Lord, would you do that? He said, I told you you wouldn't believe me. (laughs) But he said, hey, we're bad, that's true, but they're worse than we are. Why would you use a nation that is worse than we are to punish us? And he said, because they don't know, they're not my people, but you are my people. And you have turned from me. And because you have known me, knowledge brings responsibility. And the failure to act to the knowledge is the thing that brings the judgment of God. So that if God punished the United States, we'd have the same kind of mental problems that Habakkuk had. Why would you use them to punish the United States? It wouldn't be the first time in history that God used a godless nation to punish a once godly nation because the godly nation had turned from their godliness and had turned after idols and turned away from the living God. I would not be surprised to see God judge our nation. I could surely not blame God for doing it because of the things that are going on in our nation today, surely we must lead the world in pornography and in so many filthy things and in godlessness. And we look at how we have sought to rule God out of our national life and how the courts are seeking to rule God out of our national life. And we cannot and should not complain if God brings his judgment against this nation. As we read the reasons why judgment was brought against Israel, you'll see that God has every right to judge the United States. And I believe he is going to and he's going to judge it severely. But I think the judgment is going to fall after I'm gone. When God was ready to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, you remember what Abraham said to the Lord? Lord, shouldn't God be fair? Would you judge the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous there? God said, I will spare it for the 50 righteous. Hey, you should feel very honored because it is because of you that God is sparing the nation the judgment that is due it. And God did not bring his judgment against Sodom and Gomorrah until he had first removed that righteous man, Lot. And then the judgment fell. I believe that God is going to remove his righteous church. But then judgment such as the nation deserves will surely come from God. We'll get into this more as we look at the fall of Israel, the judgment of God and the reasons for that judgment.
0: We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 2 Kings on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Kings 14-16 through when visiting the thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck.
1: May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may He strengthen you through this week as you have to go out and mix in that world. I pray that God will give you divine insulation by His Holy Spirit that will just sort of ward off all of the evil influences that are Pointed in your direction that surround you daily when you're on the job or in your classroom or, or, or just dealing with, with this corrupt system. I pray that God will just help you to keep your mind and heart fixed upon Him and that you'll look above the corruption of this world and that you'll be strengthened As we look to Him, our only hope, but who is our strength and our defense?
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Gather the kids together because The Word for Today would like to present a kid's book by Pastor Chuck called The Story of the Resurrection of Jesus. Each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck reading this story, featuring the voice talents of Skip Heitsich. But I will come back again on the third day. Greg Laurie. It's Jesus. Hi, Peter. Raul Reese. See, it's really Jesus. Gosh. Cheryl Broderson.
1: The stone was rolled away. The tomb is empty.
0: And so many more. It's never too early to start reading to your children timeless biblical stories taught by Pastor Chuck. To order your copy, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org, where you can order this book in print or as a digital download. Again, the number to call is 800-272-9673.